Hi everyone, this is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and also please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, for more information about my book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a problem that many people encounter on their fitness journey at some point, which is experiencing some kind of plateau in their fitness progress. If you've ever attempted a nutrition plan or workout regimen to achieve a specific goal, and then all of a sudden your weight loss stops moving in the right direction, or you stop making performance improvements, even though you were diligently sticking to your exercise plan, then you've experienced what I call fitness stagnation. And it can be very frustrating, especially when you are diligently sticking to the plan or protocol that you've set out for yourself, but you stop making progress. One of the most common causes for both diet and performance stagnation is sticking to the same workout plan or diet plan for too long. It's very common for someone who does not regularly exercise or eat healthy to begin some kind of a fitness plan and initially make lots of significant progress. In the beginning, the pounds fall off quickly for those who are trying to, let's say, lose weight. And when you first begin an exercise routine, you can usually notice significant performance increases in each and every workout. You develop some lean muscle, you feel stronger. But after a few weeks or even a few months of following the same fitness or nutrition protocol, you eventually stop seeing results from workout to workout. This is the point at which many people give up on achieving their goals because they lose that validation that they were getting from their plan of feeling stronger or being able to note a difference in their physique from workout to workout. When you're no longer getting results from your fitness protocol that are confirming that it's effective, it's only natural that you would start to lose some motivation because nobody wants to feel like they're wasting their time. The good news is that in the vast majority of cases, fitness stagnation can be eliminated by updating your fitness protocol, by making adjustments to your exercise routine or your nutrition plan. As you start making fitness progress, your body starts to change. And as your body changes, your nutrition requirements are also going to change. And the amount of exercise intensity that you need to stimulate performance and muscular improvements is also going to change. This necessitates the fact that your body is changing necessitates updating your diet and your workout if you want to continue making progress over the long run. In this podcast episode, I'm going to focus specifically on demystifying how to make updates to your exercise protocol so that you can continue to make progress and reach your goals. My plan is to do a follow-up episode to this one that will dive more deeply into how to deal with nutrition stagnation. Exercise and nutrition stagnation are both such common and important topics that they each deserve their own episode. So that's the way we'll treat this. So with that, let's dive into the topic of exercise stagnation. Let me paint a picture 
of fitness stagnation one more time because you've probably experienced this before. It occurs when you're following the same workout protocol, but all of a sudden you are no longer noticing any improvements. You're not feeling stronger after every workout or you're not noticing improvements in your muscular development. First, I wanna address a very common mistake that new exercisers make. It's very common for someone who's not experienced at exercise to believe that they've encountered an exercise plateau when they actually haven't. When you first start training, your strength and performance improve very quickly. But this is mostly due to motor learning. This is your nervous system actually adapting and learning a new skill. While you may be noticing strength increases, say, you may be able to increase the amount of weight or resistance that you're working with up to 10 or even 20% from workout to workout in the beginning. But most of those strength improvements is actually coming from skill enhancement, not from muscular development or aerobic adaptations. Real plateaus or fitness exercise stagnation generally occurs once you've mastered the skill of the exercises that you're practicing and you have months or even years of experience under your belt. And um, now that that's kind of understood, let's, let's set that aside. And let's say that you've mastered the skill of all the exercises that are in your exercise program and you're now experiencing real stagnation where you're not making progress. Maybe your goal is to put on some lean muscle mass, but you don't seem to be making progress. In many cases, I find that people are sticking to the same workout regimen without making any changes to the intensity of their program. And this is normally one of the main reasons why they're not making progress. Your body will only change, in other words, get stronger or produce more muscle mass in response to an appropriate stimulus. If you want to develop more muscle mass and get stronger, you have to to provide your body with a challenge, a level of intensity that is going to require it to change. If you keep doing the same workout without making it any harder, um, then you're not providing that adequate challenge for your muscles and for your metabolic system. You're not giving it a reason to change. Our bodies have evolved to conserve resources, to conserve energy. This is a survival mechanism. And so it won't use its precious resources to adapt, to grow, to change unless it's forced to. And the way that you force change is by raising exercise intensity. That's the primary catalyst that you can introduce that will prompt your body into making a physiological change. So what does it mean to raise exercise intensity? Well, it doesn't have to be as complicated as most people think it is, or it doesn't have to be as hard either. It can be as simple as just increasing the amount of weight that you use for a strength training exercise by a modest, let's say, 5%, or moving up to a resistance band with a little bit more tension if you're using resistance bands for your strength training. Intensity increases can be modest and incremental, 
And over time, this is a much better and safer approach of increasing intensity from a sustainability perspective. It's very common to find people that have been doing the exact same exercises with the exact same intensity or resistance for months and even years. And yet these people can't figure out why they aren't building more strength or building lean muscle tissue and getting stronger. The answer is that they need to stimulate change. And like I just said, the best stimulus for change is an increase in intensity. You may have noticed that everything I just said was oriented towards increasing the intensity for strength training exercises. I haven't said much about increasing aerobic intensity, and there's a reason for this. If you're not familiar with my overall approach to fitness, I'm solely focused on teaching busy people how to exercise in a way that gives them the most bang for their buck in terms of their time and their limited energy. Because of this context, because I focus on exercise for people that live busy lifestyles, I recommend a style of training called circuit training that combines strength training and cardio all into one short type of exercise session or workout where you're doing everything all in the same cycle or same session. This means that in each workout, you generally do a few sets of two to three different strength training exercises with some short bouts of cardio, usually somewhere between 30 seconds and 90 seconds between those strength training sets so that you have some time for active recovery. When you do this type of workout, you get a huge efficiency boost because your strength exercises are also providing a aerobic benefit and the reason for that is that you're not giving yourself time to sit down and rest after doing a strength training exercise for several minutes which is the traditional approach when you exercise this way workouts can be very short they can be 20 minutes or less and they can provide all of the cardio and strength training work that you need for general health and fitness in a very short period of time If you follow this type of program, you don't need separate aerobic type exercises. Your circuit training will provide all of the aerobic work that's going to be required for general health and fitness. And this means that when you increase the intensity of your strength training exercises, you're also going to get an additional aerobic stimulus. You're going to get an increased aerobic Um, intensity level by just increasing your resistance that you're working with for strength training. If you don't think that strength training can provide an adequate aerobic stimulus, I would recommend um, trying to do a set of 8 to 12 repetitions of any major compound strength training exercises, say a traditional squat that has a challenging amount of resistance. If you do that correctly, if you do a set of 8 to 10 with an amount of weight that is challenging for you, you'll notice at the conclusion of that set that you're going to be exhausted and you're going to be breathing heavily, and that's after just one set. Your body will have to push your aerobic system to its limit in a very short period of time during that set. And this is exactly the type of stimulus that's required to increase aerobic capacity to be that catalyst to 
entice your body to make a change. So if you do circuit training, you can get all the intensity you need out of strength training exercises, which is actually going to be much safer and healthier than traditional aerobic exercise. If strength training is done under control, and with proper form, it's going to be a better solution because you're going to avoid all of the wear and tear on your knees. If you're trying to do something like run or sprint because you're not having to run faster, you're not pounding your knees and your shins or spending lots of time um, on a bike or a cardio machine. You're not going to have to do this stuff to have a healthy heart. You can get all the exercise intensity that you need and in a very safe and controlled way from strength training exercises if they're done within a circuit style of training. And your knees and the amount of time that will be required to get in adequate exercise is going to, um, go, they're going to thank you um, if you can follow this type of a protocol. Now let's talk about how to actually update your strength training protocol for higher intensity. The easiest way to systematically increase intensity with strength training is to have a rep range, a repetition range for each one of your exercises that you are progressing through as you get stronger. In general, it's best to aim to do 8 to 12 repetitions within each set around of your strength training exercises. When you begin with a new level of resistance, a new amount of weight, let's say for instance you're doing bench presses, and in the beginning you can do eight repetitions of 100 pounds on the bench press. But after two to three weeks, you've gotten stronger and you're able to do 12 repetitions of 100 pounds of that same weight. Once 12 repetitions feels easy, that's the indicator to you that it's time to increase the intensity. So in general, um, as a rule of thumb, it's a best practice to increase your resistance level by 5%. So if you're working out with 100 pounds, you would add 5 pounds to the weight. So now you would be working out with 105 pounds, and in the beginning, you're not going to be able to do as many reps with this. You're probably going to be back down to doing eight, maybe nine repetitions when you first start off at this new level of resistance, and you would just keep following this same pattern over the next few weeks. Hopefully you would be gaining some strength and you will get back to a point where you can again complete 12 repetitions now with 105 pounds and that would be time to go ahead and make a further adjustment to your resistance, probably going up another 5% in weight. And if you keep following this process uh, while also allowing your muscles adequate time to recover in between workouts, eventually you are going to begin to approach your genetic potential for strength and muscle over the course of time. And if your strength training is done within a circuit style of training, like I just talked about, you're also going to get a significant aerobic benefit in addition to the strength training benefit. And this is going to be an extremely efficient way for you to get all of the basic exercise requirements um, completed for general health and fitness, um, which is a really great solution for people that live a busy lifestyle. Okay, now let me address the specific issue of improving aerobic performance for specific types of exercises, because you might be wondering at this point if 
lifting more weight is giving you an aerobic benefit, is that going to perhaps make you even faster at improving how quickly you can run a mile, for instance? And chances are your circuit training routine won't have a significant effect on how fast you can run a mile or you know how fast you can swim or bike, etc. The reality is that most of the typical cardio exercises that people are familiar with are highly based on skill. And if you have a performance goal around any of these specific skills, then you need to practice those skills to make improvements. If you are training for a marathon or a triathlon, which is popular today, there's a lot of people that participate in those sports, then you do need to run and you need to swim and you need to bike in order to get better at those specific skills. Those are athletic events and you need to practice for athletics if you're going to participate in them. But none of these types of exercises are required to make improvements in general health and fitness. I think many people tend to associate certain types of exercises, especially things like running or biking, as somehow necessary for aerobic improvement, for heart health, and just staying healthy and fit. But this is not true. Average people who just want to be healthy and generally fit waste hours of their precious lives modeling their exercise routines after endurance athletes without realizing that these endurance athletes are not training for general health and fitness. They are training for skill enhancement. They're trying to improve their time on their swim or on their bike circuit or on the leg of a run. And this type of training is extremely time intensive. There's no need to waste hours of your precious life training like an endurance athlete unless you aspire to be one. If you live a busy lifestyle, which most of us do, and you still want to be healthy and fit, your focus should be on building and maintaining strength. It should be on achieving and maintaining a healthy body weight, and it should be focused on having a healthy heart and cardiovascular system. The ultimate test of aerobic fitness is not how fast you can run a mile. It is, in fact, what your resting heart rate is. So it's the rate at which your heart is beating when your body is at rest. That's the ultimate test of really gauging um, the health of your cardiovascular system. To tell if you're making actual aerobic improvements All you need to do is get yourself a cheap heart rate monitor. Um, The kind that just clip on to the end of your your finger will do fine. And you can do these tests, or it's best to do these heart rate tests in the morning before you have gotten out of bed, before you're moving, before you've even stood up, uh, had coffee, anything like that that would affect your heart rate. You want to get it tested when you're at rest and have been laying down for at least 30 minutes. So in the morning while you're still in bed is a great time to check your rest heart rate. Um, Short bouts of regular circuit training, like I've just been describing, done consistently over time can absolutely lower your resting heart heart rate while simultaneously helping you build lean muscle tissue and get stronger. And it can also be really helpful at helping you maintain a healthy weight. This approach is effective for men and women 
young and old, and is even effective for people with many types of pre-existing chronic conditions. But it is always recommended that you talk to your doctor before implementing a new exercise protocol if you have any type of health concern. Okay, so let's just recap the main takeaways from today's discussion. If you want to build strength and or lean muscle mass over time, you have to keep increasing the intensity of your strength exercises over the course of time to give your body a reason to change. You can't keep doing the same exercises with the same weight month after month, year after year, and expect to make improvements. Change requires stimulus, and the primary stimulus to be the catalyst to change is going to be the intensity level of your workout routine. But intensity doesn't need to be extreme and doesn't need to be unsafe. To increase intensity, really you should be focused on making modest methodical increases in training resistance over the course of time. And if you do this in a safe and controlled manner, you're going to be successful. When we say increase intensity, we're talking about 5% increases in resistance or weight, or maybe even less than that for someone who's very experienced at exercise. The amount of increase that you can make as you begin to approach your genetic potential is going to get smaller um, as you get closer to your genetic potential. Simple, safe intensity increases done within a circuit training program can provide anyone, regardless of where they are in their fitness journey, with the required stimulus that will be needed to improve health and fitness. And you can get all of this benefit without spending hours and hours in the gym every week. And combined with a complementary nutrition plan, you would be shocked at the type of physique that it's possible to attain over the course of time. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode, and stay tuned for part two of this discussion where we will dive into the topic of solving diet and nutrition stagnation. So if you've stuck to a diet before and you've reached a point where you've thought, hey, this has stopped working, I'm no longer making progress, I don't know what to do, we'll talk about how you can get past those type of roadblocks in the next podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. And please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, to gain access to other podcasts and articles, access my free fitness calculator tools, and download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is available wherever books are sold. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for future episodes.